Hello everyone and welcome to Creative Psychopaths, a horror movie podcast. Um, this is going to be the start of a sort of new look Creative Psychopaths. We're going to be um, trying some different things with rolling co-hosts and um, different formats for the show that doesn't always follow the guest format. But we will be keeping that. Obviously, I have to ask you to like and share the podcast wherever you can so we can grow followers and listeners and that'd be really good this week i found myself on my own due to a couple of um cancellations on both sides unfortunately but um instead of me droning through a movie on my own i thought i'd uh, give you my top five found footage movies so this is something a bit different um but hopefully it's good plus it's a nice short episode so you should blast through it pretty quickly now I must go because I've had an anonymous email here about going to film in the local abandoned hospital. So, that'll be nice. Hello everyone and welcome to Creative Psychopaths, a horror movie podcast where each week we usually talk to a guest about their horror movie history and movie of their choice. However, this week, um, unfortunately, due to certain circumstances, I've lost out on guests, so it's going to be another solo episode from me. However, this week I'm going to do something a little bit different and we're going to talk about um, my top five found footage movies, which I thought would be a nice treat for you lot to get to know me a little bit better and, um, you know, maybe add some movies to your watch list. So that'd be a good thing to do. Of course, it, we always have to create the horror sandwich here. So what I am going to do is I'm going to go in at the beginning with some movies that I've watched recently, and I'm just going to talk briefly over them, tell you if I like them, tell you if I didn't, and we'll go on from there, I think. I feel like I should have had some filler chat. I know normally I have a bit of filler chat um, before I just jump straight into it, which is probably something that I should do. (laughs) But you know me, I'm rubbish at that. I can't even talk to real people, never mind talk to myself. So... Yeah, let's just get into it. So the first movie that I watched is actually the original Hills of Eyes from 1977. Now, obviously, I watched this because it being a Wes Craven movie, and of course, it's an absolute classic. Let's get into that, actually, because I watched it, and I must admit, I wasn't a big fan of it at all. I found the plot itself to be very, very silly, a lot more silly than I was expecting it to be. Um, I, I had a different idea in my head of what the movie actually was there are some really really great bits in it some good gore you know like i say it is i think the fact that it was funnier than i expected it to be or at least stranger than i expected it to be was um something very odd but i'm finding with a lot of these like older horror movies uh it is trickier to um you know sort of get to grips with them because i think these days obviously Movies have been around building tension, whereas in the 80s, a lot of those horror movies were, you know, very gory, you know, and to a degree, the plot was sort of by the by. So the next movie that I 
dipped into was uh, another movie called, not another movie called Come Play, just a movie called Come Play, which was a 2020 movie. Now, I believe it was based on a short movie and uh, it's mostly revolved around a kid who has autism and he spends a lot of his time using like devices and his device is important to him because it's got, you know, he's a non-verbal autistic. So he has a lot of, um, he has apps on there that help him communicate. But in this particular case, it's like a ghost or whatever who, I don't think it actually is a ghost. I think it's some kind of demon and it lives inside the, um, the technology, which is, it's not duck of a movie. I, not, it's not particularly scary. I really quite enjoyed uh, the sort of premise of it. I, I like the idea that kids are on the devices too much. And, you know, that is a good idea. I kind of think that, you know, and actually the kid who plays the autistic kid, brilliant. And presu- I, I should have looked it up. I, I'm going to presume that he maybe actually is autistic. Uh, I don't, I honestly don't know that. But I think being that, they sort of had given him a reason to be on his device all the time. So it's a bit bit of a tricky one, really. But overall, it was fine. No particular scares in there. Uh, but it was a good idea, a good premise for a movie. I wouldn't not, not watch it. <laughs> Going into that, so we watched uh, Phantasm. I say we watched, I watched, because only I watch. <laughs> Um, Phantasm, 1979. Now, I went into this because I haven't watched any of the Phantasm movies. And I know they sort of rank out, rank in there as like some of the sort of 80s classics, despite the fact that this one's 1979, because obviously they featured a tall man and they have these silver balls. And I thought, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll get into it because I haven't watched everything. And it's always nice to expand my horror knowledge. But Phantasm was awful. It was a terrible movie it's a bit of a polarizing opinion to be honest, because I know some people do like it and obviously some people don't. Uh, for, for me, it's too, it's too confusing really. It's a bit too silly and it's very, very confusing. The plot itself is so, so odd. I found it difficult to sort of figure out what was actually, what was actually going on. And, you know, some of it's a dream sequence and it flicks from bit to bit and, it's like I say, kind of dumb as well. Um, I wouldn't actually recommend watching Phantasm. However, <sighs> saying that, I probably will dip into the sequels, which I understand a little bit better. Uh, next on the list was Demons, nineteen eighty-five. Dario Argento, <sighs> another film that's got a sort of. Again, I think a lot of these movies from the eighties and things have sort of got like a legacy of being really, really great films. And Demons actually does stand up to it, stand up to it. Dario Argento is obviously a really, really great Italian filmmaker. Um, and it's it's so well shot. Um, the gore effects in it are fantastic. Again, it's a bit dumb. It is a bit stupid. But in the in the particular case, it sort of le- it sort of lends itself to the stupidity. And I I, I really quite enjoyed it. And it's got an absolutely fantastic soundtrack. So, so good. I just, um, I think I expected a little bit more from it, but that doesn't mean that it isn't a good film and it doesn't mean that you shouldn't watch it. And I think it is on, I don't know if it's on Prime or on the Arrow Video subscription. Some of these subscriptions on Prime are really good. You know, you can get 
seven day subscriptions on Friday on, on Prime for free, and it's worth trying out Arrow Video because a lot you get a lot of decent horrors on there. Next, I watched Chopping Mall. I actually watched Chopping Mall again. This was the, actually the second time that I went into Chopping Mall because um, I tell you why, because another one of the podcasts, uh, well, one good thing um, who I actually had one of the hosts of that on the show, I had Paul Salton, and uh, they were doing Chopping Mall this week. And obviously they ask their people out there what they think. Uh, of movies and stuff like that so of course i wanted to watch it again chopping mall is brilliant now what i said before about movies being dumb you know this one is one of the dumbest films going but you know going in that it's dumb it's not scary there's no particular scares in there but it's worth a watch because it is kind of stupid but it's very 80s um it's basically about killer robots and the robots are great. They kind of look like, well, they don't look exactly like Johnny five, but there's definitely, um, there's definitely some like comparative between the two. So yeah, it's really, um, hmm. it was a really good watch. I definitely recommend going finding chopping mall and watching it because like I say, dumb fun, but why not? Might as well. Now the last movie that I'm going to talk about, and I've only picked out a handful of these because I do watch a lot of films. <laughs> I never thought I had the time to watch so many horror films, but since starting this podcast, I've just watched horror after horror after horror. But yeah, so the next one that I watched and the last one I want to talk about is Broadcast Signal Intrusion 2021. Now, I went into this movie completely blind. The only thing that I really knew about it was that no, I didn't know anything about it, but I saw some screenshots and they reminded me of this really old YouTube video called I Feel Fantastic, which, you know, if you know, you know, and if you don't, <laughs> you don't. So I thought, oh, I, um, I'll, I'll give that a watch. Super, super confusing film. I mean, I'm not too bright anyway, so I get easily confused by these things. But yeah, I thought it was... Um, it's one of those movies where I had to actually then go um, watch a YouTube video on it afterwards to see <laughs> like what it was actually about. I know that makes me sound really dim, but I would I would recommend watching it. Then, of course, I would recommend going to find someone smart enough to understand it. Unless, of course, you're smart enough to understand it. So broadcast signal intrusion. Um, really what it revolves around is uh, a guy who works transferring videotape footage to dvd and while he's doing that he comes across one uh one of these tapes that's got like a um well yeah basically a a, a broadcast signal thing where they um someone inter interrupted a broadcast and it's got like this creepy thing and of course it sort of sends him down a rabbit hole of finding out if there were more of these and then of course it turns out that there was a one that someone that nobody knows about and it leads him down down quite a trail there's more to it than just that though i think um you know on a re on a rewatch because i did i did go back into it after having watched the youtube video but yeah on a rewatch there's a lot more in it than what you initially see so i definitely would recommend watching that one but it is a really really slow burn and i would say that it's um you know it's for a certain taste, I'd say. 
so that's the movies that I was going to talk about. I don't know. I don't know whether I've. I haven't really given you any particularly um, loads of information on those, but I didn't want to spend too much time just whiffling on my own about those things. So what we're going to do now, because that that was the first slice of bread in the horror sandwich. You, you, you've already you've already had the first slice of bread. Can you believe it's gone by so quickly? But what we're going to do is, as the title of the episode says, and what I said, obviously, at the top is I'm going to talk about uh, my top five found footage movies. Yeah, so this is the filling. Now, obviously, it being a horror sandwich, I'm going to have to choose some kind of sandwich filling. But I don't feel like I should choose my favorite because one day I will answer my own questions. Let's have corned beef. I quite like corned beef. Oh, no, beef taste. Do you remember that? I don't know if you, any of you are from the 80s, but yeah, a bit of the old... They're the old corned beef. So found footage movies. Now, found footage movies can pretty much be traced back to Cannibal Holocaust, which is a 1980 film. Now, some of you may have seen it. Some of you may have not. Cannibal Holocaust is sort of a mockumentary, really. So it is vaguely a, a found footage film, but it's also supposed to be a documentary about cannibals. One of the interesting things about this movie is that the director ended up having to go to court to um, because they were trying to uh, arrest him for like murder and stuff like that. And eventually, well, not eventually, they did just bring in the actors to show that they weren't dead. But, it, you know, so it had an effect. The, the terrible thing about Hannibal Holocaust, Hannibal Holocaust, no, Cannibal Holocaust is that it actually involves quite a lot of actual animal cruelty. Um, so I wouldn't, I really wouldn't recommend going and watching Cannibal Holocaust unless you really feel like you need to increase your horror chops and get in there. Um, but from there, really, Blair, uh, Blair Witch is where found footage found its feet. So you're talking 1999. Um, now, Blair Witch was a good movie because it was really, really well marketed in terms of it actually being found footage. So as far as I know, the actors in that sort of went dark for quite a while after wouldn't, um, you know, would think that it was a real thing. What I will say about Blair Witch is it's sort of seminal and it, I can see how a lot of people would have it in their top found footage movies. But I often do come back around to asking if it is any good or not, because the, the scene that really stands out is the very, very end. And spoilers, obviously, for that, when the guy's standing in the corner and then the person filming gets clocked on the head. You never really see the witch. And it is that particular bit. It's got tension. And I can see that there is a buildup of tension to it. But I don't... To me, it's not... It might be a top 10 um, one for me, but it doesn't... I feel really bad. I'm not. I'm not dissing on Blair Witch. I'm just saying that um, I think there's been better stuff after it. The other one to go to talk about is uh, paranormal, paranormal Activity in 2007. Now, the thing that Paranormal Activity did was it showed filmmakers that they could make horror movies for a really, really low budget. As I've said on this time, on this probably time and time again, fifteen thousand dollar budget and you know, it made a lot of money. So we ended up getting a lot more movies like Paranormal Activity. Um, 
I think the thing about paranormal activity, or at least the difference between Blair Witch and paranormal activity is in 1999, cameras and filming and stuff like that, it wasn't as easy to get hold of. But by 2007, everyone's phone had got a camera. And obviously now it's even better than that. So filmmakers, or at least, you know, sort of low budget filmmakers were finding it a lot easier to make found footage horror films, which is one of the reasons that I think that we get such an influx of them. We get a lot of them now, you know, not all of them are good. Some of them are. The only other one to sort of mention that I feel fits into this is, and I don't know if this isn't my counting down. This is me just giving you a little history of, of, or at least what I think the history of found footage movies is. Um, What do I know? Anyway, the only other one to think I think I should talk about is Unfriended from 2014. Now, the reason that I want to talk about this is because it sort of added a new genre to the found footage, which was a sort of screencast style. If you don't know what that means, it basically means you're watching the film from the point of view of somebody's computer. Uh, so it's like you're watching, uh, I think in that particular one, it's a Skype call. And it's like a slasher movie done over a Skype call. But again, it gave us some extra things. Now, there are there are better movies than that that do that. There's actually a um, another movie called Searching, which is basically that. You, you watch everything through uh, the computer screen. Uh, it is a much, much better movie, a really, really great movie. But I haven't obviously really mentioned that on this because I think... For me, Unfriended was first, but Unfriended is also a horror film. Um, But it's certainly worth going out and watching Searching. Now, before I go into my top five, I thought I'd drop in a few of honourable mentions. So we'll go through this quickly. Uh, Number one is VHS 2. Sorry, number one of my honourable mentions. Uh, VHS 2, which... If you're not familiar with the VHS movies, they're compilation movies. Um, that's not the right word in terms of horror, but I've forgotten it. It's gone out of my head. Uh, VHS 2. So the VHS movies are compilations of found footage movies. VHS 2 is really, really great. The only reason I haven't added it in, into the list is because I feel like it's um, because it's a compilation of movies. I'm not really sure whether uh, anthology. There you go. Horror anthology. I didn't really want to add it to my list because a, I think I probably, if you guys like this, then I might do more, more podcasts like this, where I talk about my favorite anthologies and stuff like that. So um, yeah, we'll do that. Um, Let's see. I actually wanted to talk about Chronicle, which isn't really a horror film, but it is a found footage film. And I, I, rank fan footage uh, chronicle as one of my favorite ones but again it, it doesn't really fit into the horror genre i just wanted to add it in and the only thing is that horror that chronicle does lose points because the the fan footage starts coming from different cameras which uh, sort of annoys me a little bit um let's see grave encounters which we did on the podcast Grave Encounters is a good one. And actually started watching the second one. Uh, No, I started watching it and finished watching it. And actually quite enjoyed the second one. The second one's got quite a good premise. And uh, to a degree, it addresses some of the problems that I had with the original Grave Encounters. So I definitely recommend uh, dipping into those two. 
Another one to talk about is Frankenstein's Army, which it was a World War II. It's a World War II found footage film. So that's a bit odd um, in terms of, you know, this shouldn't really be a found footage movie from World War II. And I'll admit that that is a bit weird. But I quite enjoyed the movie itself. It's kind of gross. But it also has uh, some really great creature designs in it. And I, I enjoyed the creature designs. And I sort of generally enjoyed the flow of the movie itself. I think it works really well. It is pretty gross, though. One of those movies where I'd say, if you're a bit squeamish, leave it. Uh, another film, uh, the Poughkeepsie Tapes, um, which is like a mockumentary. Um, but it, again, not for the weak, not for the weaker stomach. Then... I'm adding a movie in here called Megan is Missing, which actually I would not, which I tell anybody to not watch because that's actually awful. Um, the last, I think, 20 minutes of this film is really, really genuinely hard to watch. But I know a lot of horror fans out there have got a strong stomach and they like that sort of thing. So, you know, Megan is Missing, you can, you can find it on the internet. But what I would say is, like I said, genuine warning going in is that um, it is really, really awful. And I don't mean awful in terms of, I mean, it isn't a good film, um, but I mean, it's, you know, affecting, very hard to watch. <laughs> These honourable mentions have gone on for a while. The last two that I wanted to mention, because they keep coming up on fan footage things, but I'm not. There's a the Rise of Leslie Vernon, which is one of my favourite horror films. It would be in my top 10 for sure. Um, and it is kind of a mockumentary, but uh, it also isn't. So I haven't, but I do recommend going to watch that. Um, and the other one is, again, a mockumentary is What We Do in the Shadows, which, again, is a brilliant movie. It's, I don't know that it really counts as horror. I don't really know if it really counts as fan footage, but it is a mockumentary. So it's worth looking at. So. Let's go into the top five. This is a top five. This is what you came for. So number five is Cloverfield 2008, which was directed by Matt Reeves, who directed The Batman, the most recent The Batman. Uh, it was also produced by J.J. Abrams. This movie, I quite, <laughs> I quite liked. Obviously, I really like it. It's in my top five. Uh, it starts at sort of a party and then... If you don't know, it's a monster movie, like a sort of kaiju movie, if you will. But from a filming point of view, it does suffer, I think, a little bit from why are the why is this guy still filming? They do address that in the film as to why he's still filming, but it doesn't make too much sense. Uh, there's a kind of rescue scene on it, which slows the movie down a bit. But in general, I think it's really great. It's well paced. Uh, I like the design of the monster and when i first saw it it blew me out of my socks i uh, absolutely loved it because i love monster movies and i really can't wait one day to do monster movies on here but i love found footage movies too so the combination of the two is just beautiful don't know why i whistled uh, in at number four is paranormal activity uh, paranormal activity 2007 um, I'm not going to talk too much about this. We did an episode on it. I've just spoken about it. But let's, the director is Oren Pelly, I think. <laughs> like I said before, $15,000 bullet, bullet budget. 
and it made 193.4 million. It's a very, very successful uh, found footage movie. And not only that, it's a really, really great found footage movie. It builds beautiful tension all the way through. Um, the couple in it are, are well acted and uh, they seem like a real couple, despite the fact that I really hate Mika. But it's a really, really great film. And at one, at one point, I would have said it was the scariest um, movie that I'd seen. Um, I've moved on a bit from from that because um, there has been, I think, scarier movies since. But at the time, whew, phew, eh? Um, Number three, uh, I'm bunching two together here, Creep and Creep 2. Directed by Patrick Bryce, starring and written by Mark Duplass and Patrick Bryce. The film is basically, or at least the first film, sorry, is uh, about a sort of struggling filmographer who's offered... Uh, money to film a guy called Joseph for the day who's got cancer and is wanting to make a video for his son. Now, I actually don't want to tell you any more than that about it because you really have to watch Creep to get everything. If I gave you any more information than that, I think it would ruin it for you. But I would highly recommend watching Creep. And they're both on Netflix, I think. Uh, Yes, lovely. Do that. Uh, In at number two, The Taking, or The Taking of Deborah Logan, 2014, directed by Adam Robertel, and uh, it stars Jill Larson as Deborah. Um, This movie sort of starts as being a documentary about a woman who's got Alzheimer's. Um, So the person's making a documentary about what it's like to have Alzheimer's and what it's like to, you know, start to sort of lose yourself. And... It's it's great in two in two terms because obviously there's a lot there's a lot of creepy stuff that goes on a lot of sort of found footage things that go on and it does leave you sort of guessing quite a lot of the way through as to whether it is Alzheimer's or whether it's something more than that you only have to look at the cover for this to realize it's something more than that however it it is so good at building tension it's got some amazing scary moments in it and it is just you know, chef's kiss of a found footage movie. The last one, number one, in at number one, is Hell House LLC, 2015. Now, this is sort of a mockumentary, but it's mostly um, found footage. The mockumentary parts are actually really good, the bits where they sort of dip in and they sort of dip out of the found footage to just give you a little bit more information about what's going on in the movie. Uh, it was, uh, it's written and directed by Stephen Cognetti, And um, basically, it revolves around these people who own this company called Hell House LLC. And every year they create like a scare, uh, like a, well, what it's called, I think they are called uh, haunts, sorry, Um, in in America, in America. Uh, And they do this uh, one scare in a place called the Abaddon Hotel. Uh, as soon as they get in there, shit starts going south. Uh, but it's a genuinely scary film. As with any found footage film, and to be quite honest, I agree with most of what I'm about to say with horror films anyway, you should watch this on your own, probably ideally on a small screen. I know that sounds ridiculous. Um, but Hell, Hell, Hell House LLC is just one of my favourites. It still scares me. Whenever I watch it, it still gets me. Um, 
there are some very, very small parts in it where it, um, it <laughs> you, you can sort of peek behind the curtain a bit about what's happening in the film. However, it doesn't ruin it for me. It, and it, to be fair, it's only one tiny part. And I think maybe I only see it now because I see it. Um, and I'm not even going to ruin that for you. But I, the only thing, the only other thing going in this is if you don't like clowns, don't watch it. But if you want to get a scare, Hell House LLC is without a doubt one of the better ones. But find the proper one, not the director's cut. Find the original version, not the director's cut. The director's cut is good, um, but it's in a, it's cut in a slightly different order to the original film, and I don't think it's better for it. Um, right. So that's the filling in the horror sandwich. That's the delightful corn beef filling. So now I thought I would um, do the final slice of bread is I'm going to tell you, not going to tell you, I'm just going to mention one good, bad movie, <laughs> or at least one movie that I know is bad and I think it's good. And most of you will know that Jaws is my favorite film. But Jaws 3, Jaws 3D, most people say it's an awful film, but I love it. <laughs> it's really, really one of my um, favourite. Um, it's oh, I've lost my mind. <laughs> it's really one of my favourite stupid films because the effects are terrible in it. Uh, the acting's terrible in it. But, you know... I really, I really like it as a movie. I love the concept of the shark being in like a sort of sea world sort of thing, but it is an awful movie. But yeah, I'd uh, recommend watching Jaws 3. Don't watch Jaws 4, though. It's awful. Yeah. Oh, and actually, um, while we're here, uh, let's do another one. So there is a, another movie that I just watched called From the Depths, which is, again, another shark movie. Uh, which was uh, again really it was so bad it was good uh, the effects are awful it, it, but it's, it's a really good concept about this woman who was attacked by a shark and is dealing with the sort of you know post shark attack but at one point somebody gets attacked by a fruit through a puddle from a shark so that tells you what that film's about but you know I really enjoyed it. You know, sometimes these movies are so bad that they are genuinely good. So, yeah. Right. So uh, that is the uh, final slice of bread in the horror sandwich. I've done it. I've done a podcast all by myself. And hopefully it wasn't too long and hopefully it wasn't too boring. Now, because this was a horror sandwich, I'm going to I've got to ruin it for myself. And in the kitchen, I can see some PVA glue. So I'm just going to pour PVA glue on it. Yeah awful <laughs> right so anyway yeah that's that's the end that's the end of the podcast so um obviously visit the facebook group creative psychopath a horror movie podcast uh unfortunately my facebook account got hacked so i sort of lost control of the original group very frustrating because that one's on 52 members and the actual group is only on 13 so please if you haven't swapped over to the new group or really would appreciate you doing that you can follow me on instagram and twitter and um if you want to join the discord you can again just ask in the facebook group and what else letterboxd as well i'm everywhere 
You can't escape me. I'm everywhere. Hunt you down wherever you go. Uh, but anyway, yeah, the last thing to say is bye.